everybody. This is Greg Reffin with Abstract Podcast, and we have Evan Patterson, Senior Business Development Representative at Reprise with us today. I'm super pumped to talk to him about finding value in common causes. And um, really the topic, that cause is going to be around like groups and different things that we can be a part of as part of a sales culture. So um, Evan, please say hi and a little bit more about yourself. Hey, everybody. Uh, yeah, my name's Evan. Um, you can call me Evan or Ev. Um, just don't call me late for drinks and we're good to go. Um, <laughs> I love all things marketing, biz dev, and top of funnel. And Teo, stop being jerks on LinkedIn. <laughs> okay. So hold on. Before we continue, uh, are we talking about some of the SDR shaming that's been going on and calling out cold emails? Like what's what prompted that's that? That's about it. That's about two percent of it, but yes, okay. Okay. <laughs> I would agree. Most as much as I do, you have to deal with this quite often. <laughs> Fair enough. I uh, I agree with that. Everybody needs to just be nice to each other. The whole world would be such a better place if we all just got along. Um, sure. So groups or clubs, a group of like-minded individuals aligning themselves around a common cause or interest. Ultimately, that's what I want to talk about with you today because. Um, you're a member of SDR Nation, Rev Genius member, Enablement Squad, Out in Tech member. Um, you know, what aren't you a part of and why are all these so important to you? Well, I'm, I'm not part of the local like knitting club here in Chicago <laughs> okay. um, or any sort of kickball league. Um, okay. <laughs> and what I deal with in terms of like the time management of it all is just kind of like, I, I literally block time for each of these groups to go in there, interact and engage and see if there's anything of direct value to me. Um, a lot of these groups I'm in for personal agendas that have absolutely nothing to do with my paycheck as it stands currently. Um, they, they will more than likely always end up having some sort of effect on my career or paycheck in the short term or long term. But I, I tend to go in with little to no agenda, to be quite honest, which makes the time management kind of, you know, I can dedicate as much trizzle as I want, which is how I keep from going insane. Nice. Okay, perfect. Well, I noticed a correlation, Evan, between kind of your um, kind of participation in these groups and the kind of start of your career in tech. Um, is that purely coincidence or did you find that, you know, you were able to maybe accelerate your learning curve, decrease your ramp time? Like what was it about getting started in tech and instantly immersing yourself in some of these more prominent groups um, and kind of doing it all at once? So the answer is going to shock a lot of people because it's not, a, not really those things. Those were things that were byproducts okay. of the why. The why for me was I was leaving an industry that was, painfully antiquated um and for lack of a better word i didn't get along with anybody in my industry i was uh, the very miserable was very unhappy human being no matter how good i was i just was not happy Mm -hmm. um and when i went to go work in insure tech i got a toe dip into tech basically and realized all the opportunities to do things that I enjoyed and do those things with people that I enjoyed doing it with, whether that was the companies or their customers. Um, so these groups were more of a, um, a social um, need for okay. me and a collaborative need that had those as byproducts. Nice. Okay. Got it. So one of the, I guess, kind of diving into that a little bit more. I mean, when you think about like 
the social need, right? I think everybody wants to feel connected, um, especially if the past year has taught us anything. It's we need to find ways to connect um, when we're physically not able to. And so, did you have you found that um, there's more of a, a social component to some of these groups than there is maybe a business component? Um, but it's a social component around like-minded individuals. Um, yeah, I believe that's very true. Um, I would even beg to say that, that they can be one and the same. Um, uh, that's kind of like how I conduct business as an employee of Reprise, but also as a self-employed person. Um, uh, my, my social life is my business life. Um, and I find that I connect best to people that have work-life harmony. Um, the key word being harmony rather than balance. Okay. Um, so, and, and those groups tend to have people like that. Okay, so I've never heard that before, work-life work life harmony. Um, why did you intentionally use that word as opposed to balance? Now, I can't speak for everybody, and some people, this is probably true for them without even saying, but when I think of balance, I think of uh, compartmentalization. Um, some things I want to keep separate from work, some things I want to keep separate from my personal life, but there are also a lot of things that I purposefully want to blur the lines on, actually, and that's when harmony comes into play, is where there are things that I want people to be able to ping me at one o'clock in the morning. There are things where I do want to be able to um, blur the two together and show people, you know, the professional side of me and the, and the not professional side of me, uh, my personal life. Um, just as much as there is the complete antithesis on everything I just said. Okay, fair enough. Well, I would argue that um, the most successful salespeople I know actually um, now thinking about it are okay blurring that and letting a little bit more of their true selves shine through, right? Not being afraid to be who they are, right? Out into the world, um, interacting with prospects. I think humans crave that, right? That real human connection. And I wonder if sometimes we, we suppress that because we're trying to be a little bit like too buttoned up or professional in how we're going about interacting. What do you think about that? I think it's very true. If you ask anybody on LinkedIn who's met me in person, um, I'm the only thing different to think between me and the way that you're hearing me right now is I'm probably even more rambunctious and loud and snarky <laughs> in person. Um, so um, it's just an extreme, this is the tone down to me. Okay. <laughs> um, but other than that, like I'm very open and honest about everything about who I am. I don't want people getting this curated view. I don't want, I, I don't want to be that person that people aspire to have unrealistic standards to meet. Um, if I'm going to be good at something, I want it to be within arm's reach of people. That's awesome. So I love that word you use curated view, because I think in today's world, we try to, you know, filters this and filter that, right. And try to put out this like perfect image of yourself. And I, again, I go back to the, the most successful people I know are, are, are just real. They put themselves out there and that it kind of naturally attracts like-minded individuals, kind of going back to that group uh, kind of topic we're talking about. So I think you're, I think you're onto something, man. And I know in kind of watching you engage on LinkedIn, right. It, it, it becomes a magnet of like-minded people and you almost create this mini environment where people are open to having conversations because you acted as the catalyst to kind of start that conversation. So I think that's, uh, that's pretty awesome that you've realized that that's, uh, that's something that's true to you. So I know the world appreciates that. <clears throat> um, so next question I have, what do we got to do to pull out the real Evan and the more rambunctious Evan for the rest <laughs> of our time together? <laughs> oh, Lord. <laughs> I'm not entirely question. sure. <laughs> <laughs> not entirely sure. 
Um, in real life, it's a very different answer. Um, but, uh, usually it involves a cocktail. Uh, but um, <laughs> yeah, Seriously. that's usually what, what it is. What, what are, okay, I can't get you a cocktail, so. <laughs> Um, I'll have one DoorDash to you. See if I can get it there uh, by the time our podcast is over. So while we're waiting on DoorDash to show up with your cocktail, um, let's back it up a little bit. So I know you talked like insurance sales. Um, you know, it sounded like maybe you didn't fit in there, right? In insurance sales, regardless of how successful you were. Um, and that acted almost as like the catalyst to bring you into tech sales. How did you know that that's where you wanted to be? Like getting into B2B tech. Like that's not something... People graduate high school from and go, oh, that's where I want to be. So what was that that made you go that way? Yeah, a a lot of stuff that's gone on in my life um, has like created several puzzle pieces that, you know, eventually got put together to create a picture. Um, My first jobs as a teenager, I was like freelance writing for some virtual reality startups and companies. Um, um, Also did a lot of my own projects and blogs and stuff um, where I got paid through ad revenue. um, like through like fan sites of like online video games x y and z um and that's when i really got exposure to like the freelancing and tech companies and all the software that went into it and realizing that they were marketing to you know businesses even though i was rarely the only c (laughs) that ever bought their stuff (laughs) um just to repurpose their tech um so like that was always in the back of my mind and when i got into insurance and towards the end of my insurance career um before stepping into insure tech um, where I had like one foot out the door, basically into tech. Um, I had an interest in commercial insurance the most. I had more fun with the conversations um, oh. with business owners because they they saw more value in having those conversations. They they had a problem that they wanted to solve. Whereas when I was you know D to C, I was selling personal auto renters insurance. You know I was um, very frustrated because uh, the average everyday person was, and it used this word nicely, ignorant when it came to how insurance worked, that every conversation, regardless of who I was, felt like a fistfight um, um, of trying to get them to understand the value because people just didn't want to see the value because insurance has this awful, awful stigma surrounding it that no matter how good of a person I was, it didn't matter. So I hated knowing that there was nothing I could do to change that um, with, within the realms of my role, um, other than stop selling to regular people and start selling to businesses. Um, you know, when I put those two together, B2B tech just makes the most sense. Nice. Okay. All right. So kind of puzzle pieces, looking back, you know, the breadcrumbs seem to line up, right? Yeah. Uh, nothing's kinda, an accident. Yeah. Everything has a reason. Yeah. And I think following that, right? Being open to following kind of the direction life takes you is, is really important. So let's bring this back to kind of the original thing that we wanted to talk about, which was the, the groups. And you mentioned on it earlier, kind of you, you block time on your calendar. Um, I'm just going to put it out there. Right? I have a lot of hesitations around joining these groups because I hear about the Slack channels, the virtual meetups, the happy hours. Um, maybe I'm just not the type of person that can multitask um, around all that, but you know, I've, I've talked to a couple SDRs and, and they go like, what's noise? What's real? How do I go about um, segmenting that out or kind of filtering through that? Like, how do you go about managing what you choose to find value in and, and where you direct your attention as part of your participation in some of these groups that you're part of? I really wish there was like a blueprint, like just a can people on this because it's it, it varies so much per person. Um, 
for me, it's it was just a lot of like over time, you just kind of get the vibe of that sort of stuff. The time That's blocking came about when I realized I was spending too much time with these groups, not enough time doing my actual job, <laughs> to be completely honest. This is like years ago. And I was like, I, cause I was in groups before the ones you see on LinkedIn. You know, I was in other groups um, and I was, I used to spend a lot of time on like sales groups on Reddit, um, you know, before I really cared too much about Slack. And um, I realized when I time blocked I, and committed to that time blocking, it allowed me to like stop spending too much time. But then the new problem came in like, okay, I got less value, um, but I need to spend less time. I can't spend more time. So now I need to be more intentional or purposeful with the time that I'm allotting myself to be in these groups, X, Y, and Z. Uh -huh. And just, it's that back and forth of like do and then assess and then do try something else and then reassess. And then eventually you figure out a groove that works for you. Um, of like what adds value, what doesn't add value. Um, I can't determine what value equals for anybody else, um, sure. but I can definitely determine how one can go about discovering the value. And this is how I would tell somebody else who's trying to figure that out. Okay, so let's let's talk about that a little bit. So how do you go about discovering what's a value? Yeah, so definitely make sure you're setting up parameters of this time and the effort because okay. that way you can measure value. Value is usually when you're measuring something against another something, right? So if I put in this much time and effort, and I think people need to realize you, you need to have effort, which I understand is gray area, but like your sanity and your energy and like, did you feel burnt out 15 minutes into it? Right? Like those things you need to physically write down, you know? Um, and if what, and then write down what you got out of it. Did I learn something new? Did the thing that I learned help me hit quota? Did it help me exceed quota? Did it help me make my day easier? Did it help make another process more efficient in my day-to-day -day life, which freed up time for me to do more of something else? This long list of things. So um, just be, be obsessive for, for the first month or two of trying these groups of keeping track of value. If you start realizing you get little to no value in a group or it's purely social or um, there's not enough content in there to check it frequently, like then change how much time you allot for that group. Um, I can definitely tell you there are certain groups that I check every other hour and there are groups that I check maybe once every other week. Okay, all right. So determine how you measure value, right? Um, and that's gonna be different for everybody. But again, you know, you can't manage what you don't measure. And so if you're not measuring how the value you're getting out of it, how you expect to manage your time in those yeah. groups. It so, goes back to knowing your why also. Like, is it for career advancement? Is it for hitting your quota? Is it for just making your day-to-day -day easier? Is it just so you don't feel lonely? You know, like you have to know your why and you have to have an independent and dependent variable. If anybody has their old homework from middle school about this, what is science? bullshit that you learn you know like <laughs> refer back to that assignment you took when you were 13 years old and apply it to this because it still works uh i can't remember a now it works but your back school. hurts yeah, <laughs> so let's talk about have you read simon sinek start with why i don't know what that is. oh yes i've heard of it but i've never read it okay so you 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 just said you know you want to understand your why it's a phenomenal book around understanding your why and helping people kind of figure that out on their own. And it's really geared towards B2B businesses who think they sell a product or a feature, but the masterful companies, the ones that are amazing companies, they know what their root cause, their why is, why they're in business. And so Absolutely. you that down to an individual level, kind of it goes back to why are you doing this? Why is this important to us? 
So that goes into another kind of, and I think you just overcame my first objection around multiple groups. So kudos to you. Um, let me give you another objection. Um, I've been in some of those groups and what I struggle with Evan is that there's people that are actually able to do the job. And then there's people that actually talk about doing the job without actually having done it before. Um, I call them, you know, um, Monday morning quarterbacks, if you will. Um, <laughs> how, uh, how pervasive is that, you know, in your opinion, have you come across that where you're like, dude, go back and hit your number once or twice and then come back to me and tell me how you did it. Or do you find that for the most part, you know, you're, you're seeing a lot of really successful people kind of start to organize themselves in these groups and it, it kind of elevates everybody. Uh, I think what you say reigns true, but it's becoming less and less true okay. because um, that kind of uh, type of person it, um, for a while was new to the B2B networking, social media world, right? Like influencers and B2B are still a relatively new conversation. Yeah. Um, old school though, when it comes to B2C, right? We can think back to like when Britney Spears held up a Pepsi ad, I got paid a million dollars <laughs> for standing there for three seconds. Yeah. And kudos to you, Britney, by the way. But um, but like that gave birth to influence marketing. Everything that happens in B2C hits B2B. So yep. what you're talking about, I instantly think of there's influencers that are... Um, genuine authentic and like yeah i've done this you know and then there's the ones that they, they, they claim they have or they don't claim they have and they're just all theory and there's there's some value to be had with people that are just all theory um my gripe is when they pretend to act like they know better when they don't um and though that type of person is dying out because that because that wouldn't work in b2c that that died out 20 years ago um in b2c it's just starting to die out now. Everything in B2B has a lag time because it is a you know secondary and tertiary market. Yep. So um, I don't even think people need to be too concerned about it because it's it's kind of killing itself on its own, to be quite honest. Yeah. So what's that? What was that? Um, that virtual group um, that was popular a couple of months ago. Um, wasn't Hangouts. Clubhouse? Clubhouse, Clubhouse. The, the app? Yeah. yeah, I heard that that kind of, you know, it was a bunch of people coming in and spouting off and uh, kind of not, the, the, the experts kind of were like, okay, this is too much. And they kind of left that. And so it sounds like uh, maybe the groups are a little bit more self-regulating. And so that's not something that I maybe need to kind of be worried about anymore. That's the peer-to-peer -peer policing is a genuine um, concept in society where, uh, yeah. You know, if you, you you start realizing you're foolish, you stop being foolish, um, especially when everybody else that kind of makes you aware. That's why accountability and everything kind of matters. And that's why people like me are like, uh, I guess, like known to stir the pot when it comes to these things. But I okay. do so proudly, you know, because I just don't like watching people who um, don't know what they're talking about. I like they know what they're talking about. I, just, I, I think I consider it lying and I, I hate lying. Okay. And yeah, and you're not afraid to call them out on it, which is awesome. Yeah. No, because at the end of the day, like we're all human beings. When we die, we're gonna, all going to go in the dirt. Right. So like I, we're at the same level. I don't care if you're CEO, if you're share, I don't care if you're the janitor, I'm going to treat you the same way. I respect everybody. And then I adjust accordingly. I love it. Evan, <laughs> Evan I think we could be best friends if I lived in Chicago or you lived in Arizona. I think we could, uh, I think we could be good friends. You'd have to come here. It's too hot down there. I'm sorry. Uh, <laughs> too cold and too cold in chicago so sounds maybe like a you problem uh, <laughs> i'm kidding <laughs> oh that's awesome
All right. Well, wrapping up our conversation, Evan, um, I have some, some good takeaways and I think you overcame some of, of maybe my fears that I had around different groups. Maybe I might give a little bit of different shot, but um, I think my biggest takeaway is like, you know, determine how you measure value, how you measure effort and whether that's participation in a group for business, whether it's something you're doing personally whether it's the job that you're doing, whether it's the, the effort you put into a friendship or a relationship, like you have to determine the value and you have to measure that value specific to you. And um, really that wasn't, a, 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 that wasn't a, a takeaway that I was expecting to come out of this, this conversation, Evan. So I think that's a pleasant surprise. And I really appreciate the fact that you shared some of that information. Um, <clears throat> that's a little bit more valuable outside of just kind of you know, LinkedIn groups and, and different professional groups. So thank you. Uh, thank you for your words of wisdom, my friend. Of course, my pleasure. Like, and if, if there's like specific context or whatever, like, of course, like, you know, there's, there are some concrete ways, but generally speaking, it's, it's all up to the person. Yeah. I love it. Well, if anybody wants to get in touch with you, have a conversation with you, um, maybe grab a cocktail if they're in Chicago in December when I'm not there, What's the best way to get in touch with Evan? Uh, just hit me up on LinkedIn, Evan Patterson, um, as I'm getting the hiccups right now. Or you can hit me up on Twitter at Evan M. Patterson, M as in Michael. Um, I, I post a lot on both platforms. Um, and if you find me on any other platform, I will probably block you. Perfect. <laughs> That's awesome. There's that honesty again. All right. Well, Evan, something tells me we're going to have you back for round two on our podcast. We're looking forward to that. Thank you for your time today. It was a pleasure, sir. Sure. Thank you so much. Bye.